Welcome to the Drama Therapy Collection podcast. This podcast is part of a series on drama therapy in prisons. All interviews are conducted by Cameron Afari, Elizabeth Malone, Lynn Baker Newman, and Marianne Shrine. The Drama Therapy in Prisons Collection is an open access online oral history archive of recorded interviews with drama therapists who worked in carceral settings and formerly incarcerated individuals who participated in those programs. For more information about all hosts and guests, please visit the links in the podcast bio. Today's guest is Zaina Dakash. Zaina is a drama therapist, board certified trainer, and founder of Catharsis, Lebanese Center for Drama Therapy. Zaina's work has helped change the laws for justice impacted people in Lebanon. You can read more about her work at catharsislcdt.org. Give us a personal intro of who you are, your educational background, and where you currently work. So uh, I am Zaina Dakash. I'm from Lebanon, Middle East, and uh, I'm a drama therapist. Uh, I have an MA in clinical psychology here from Beirut, and I was an alternative training uh, student with NADTA. So uh, I'm a registered drama therapist with NADTA, and I am also a BCT board certified trainer. I have founded in Lebanon after I came back from the States. I founded the, the NPO, nonprofit organization called Catharsis, Lebanese Center for Drama Therapy. And our NPO's mission is to spread drama therapy in the country and in the region. So, what uh, the main big programs we've been known for is prisons, because it's been 12 years we have established a drama therapy program inside Lebanese prisons. But also we work with refugees, Palestinian refugees, Syrian refugees. We work with uh, migrant domestic workers. We work with, uh, I mean, anyone who would like to benefit from drama therapy populations, whether special populations or the private clinic. We do even work with uh, corporate settings. So for team building purposes, for conflict resolution and the corporates, that's what we've been doing. And I started alone mainly. Then I established the alternative training program in Lebanon. So I've been training people to become drama therapists. Tell us about your work with the incarcerated and the unique context of it. So when I first got the idea of working inside prisons, this was in 2006. Um, The July war was on in Lebanon, between Lebanon and Israel. It was hell here. So, you know, we had no horizon whatsoever. And I was in pajamas for a whole months and a half in my house because we weren't able to get out and things like that. And I started thinking, what would an inmate feel if he's incarcerated for longer than this? But I mean, this was one piece, the reason why I started working there. The other piece was because I had uh, two, twice the experience of internship inside an Italian prison in Volterra prison, which is a beautiful, lovely fortress where, um, long-term residents like mafiosi from sicily and things would live there for like 17 years 30 years whatever they have as sentences and the the director there was armando ponzo a wonderful theater director he never claimed to become a drama therapist ever he doesn't care about therapy but uh, the experience was so so moving for me and i said ah one day maybe i'll do it in lebanon so the july war came and it was like a click and i said okay let's hit it let the first program of my MPO be inside prisons. Was it easy? It wasn't easy at all because you are in third world country with a lot of issues. Um, I mean, there was the July war. Then we had 
something with the extremists, the Muslim extremists in Lebanon with the Lebanese army. And no one wanted to think about prisons back then, no one in the authorities. So when I knocked the door, they were like, you're crazy. Uh, you going inside prisons, are you okay with the extremists inside with blah, blah, blah. So they refused it for a whole year and a half. And I kept knocking doors and I started knocking doors of politicians saying, hello, this is a very humanitarian work. You need to really encourage it. It's been happening all around the world. Let's do it, let's do it. They signed me the clearance was with a lot of, um, how do you say, um, uh, each step you need to do, you need to tell us, you need to meet us, you need to, you know, I was very supervised for the whole start, like in the first two years. Then, you know, finally, they agreed that what I'm doing is something good. They saw that no riots were happening. Actually, the, the complete opposite was happening. Uh, the inmates were calmer. Laws started changing in Lebanon as the implementation of the parole system. We never had a parole system before 12 Angry Lebanese, which is the first play I directed with the inmates. So there was a law in 2002 like the parole reduction of sentences for inmates for good behavior. But it was, you know, just uh, sitting in the drawer. No one wanted to think about it. So the first project that happened inside Rumia prison, which is the biggest prison in Lebanon that we've implemented, the inmates inside the play, they claimed very artistically for the implementation of this law. And everyone was there, the ministers, uh, decision makers, the MPs, members of parliament. And they were like, mm, we have such a law. So, wow, let's do it. And they, they did it, you know, they started implementing it. And from there on, we stayed there, changing other laws, doing other things, and voila. What are your unique strengths and weaknesses in this setting? I mean, in Lebanon, I'm not sure if, if we need to do a comparison because, for example, I visited a theater program in Oregon and Portland in the States. I, I, I didn't see anything else. But there, you know, they were doing drama therapy purely. In Lebanon, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a weakness or a strength. You start as a drama therapist, you end up being a lawyer, uh, a social assistant. Um, uh, you know, we bring medicines to them because no one brings medicines to the inmates here. There's no system of follow-up once they are outside. So if we can, we do help in finding them jobs and, uh, you know, fixing the relation with the families once they are out. Um, I am still not sure if this is a strength or a weakness because we entered in something, but it became huger, much, much, much bigger than what we thought. Um, the strengths of this program, as I told you, it's changing uh, laws in Lebanon. So the first one was the parole. We got it implemented. The second one through the project Chehrazad with the women inmates, there was a draft law being presented by another civil society for the protection of women from domestic violence. And the play we've done was mainly the actresses were inmates, ladies, women, who killed the husband for domestic violence's causes. So also the decision makers came, the ministers, the MPs watched this play inside the prison. You know, we locked the door after the prison, the, 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 the show is over. And they have to stay there for a Q&A with the inmates. So when they heard the stories of these women who says, I mean, if you don't protect us with the law, we are going to have more criminals out there, you know. And two months later, the draft law passed. And now we have a law for the protection from domestic violence. So this is the way we've done. These are the strengths. like 
because also here you tell me, Zaina, when you started drama therapy, you, you thought about becoming an activist. I say, hell no, I never want to be an activist. I just want to do the drama therapy program. But things just, you know, everything is linked because you cannot share these stories that need a change of law without changing the law afterwards. Um, weaknesses, I mean, we have no support whatsoever, you know, from, from our government, no money. We need to find our own sponsors. Uh, there's no penny paid from our government for such programs. They really don't want to hear really a lot about it. Anyway, the, the, the prisons are not on the agenda. They are not the first priority. We have so many issues in a third world country that prisons, who cares? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very difficult, but I mean, we do as much as we can. That's what we're doing. What do you hope to get out of doing drama therapy in prisons? So um, lately, the third biggest project that happened was um, dealing with the mentally ill offenders inside prison. Those are really left out. I mean, they are mixed, put with the other persons who don't suffer from any mental illness. Um, there is no psychiatrist visiting them. There's no nurses. There's nothing. So also there, I, I, I mean, me and the staff with me, we decided to do this whole struggle for a law for them because uh, there is no law to protect them. The law says, so if you are a mentally offender, it was written in 1945, I mean, such long time ago. And it states, if you are mentally ill and you do a murder, you'll stay inside prison until cured. And if you are possessed, uh, if you are what? Something like possessed by the demons, you know, things like that, and you end up doing a crime, you will end up in prison until cured. This is really like, you know, as if we're saying, we're talking about the Middle Ages. So we presented a law, we wrote this time, the, the draft law was presented by Catharsis, our MPO, and it was really worked with judges in Lebanon, lawyers, a lot of panels happened, a lot of awareness to the judges and the people, you know, concerned. And uh, hopefully it's gonna pass because now it's been three years, we go to the parliament, we do the discussions, we convince the parliamentaries. And the drama therapy is still ongoing. I mean, you tell me, what do we expect more? There are, you know, people coming in and coming out of this prison. So now it's the stable program inside. And I hope we'll be able to sustain it. What attracted you to this kind of work? And I was always attracted to, to drama therapy mainly with special populations. I mean, I know that such people, they have a lot to say. They have a lot of needs. They need to get out their messages. And I said, wow, theater can, can be the best tool for these messages to be out. And this is what I master best. So, I mean, I've never, you know, I, as a citizen, I was never moved by seeing on a billboard together against death penalty, for example. I mean, yeah, what can I do with a billboard together against death penalty? Yeah, how can I help you, sir, you know? But if we see them, hear them um, artistically, purely artistically, not, you know, people nagging, oh, where is our law? No one would listen. I said, wow, theater would really be a good thing and cinema would help a lot. This is why we got the idea of having a camera with us every day, every single day. We had the camera. We never knew if we had the budget to do a documentary or not. We just shoot, 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 you know, we'll be shooting every day for a year and a half. And it's a friend who does this, who doesn't take a penny. 
and she was there, you know, with us the whole time. And in the end, we'll watch the footage and we we'll say, oh my God, yes, we have a film. And the film would travel further and the film would have an impact further because you'd be screening it at the movies. Uh, the media will be talking more about the prison. The decision makers would be more, you know, um, pushed to change things and voila. Can you share an example of a success story that changed people's lives? In 12 years, you have a lot of these. I mean, something that happened recently, because these are the things that I would uh, remember. So, as I told you, we don't do just drama therapy. We'll follow up on these people's cases and things. So, one of the Shahrazads, one of the ladies who uh, was an actress in Baghdad prison for the women, so she murdered the husband because he was raping her kids. And uh, she was there for like 20 years. We saw her, she was perhaps at her 15th or something. And I, I never continued working with the women prison because there was no space, there was no funding anymore for the women prison. So we stayed there for three years, but I kept following up. Like you'd call the prisons and check up on all the girls. Are they fine? Do they need anything? Let us know, blah, blah, blah. So this lazy get out, gets out like three months ago. Mariam and uh, you know she's banned from the village no one wants to hear about her she's the murderer of her husband and things and she calls and she says Zainab I mean if you can help let me know and really it took me a while just you know I went through the excel sheet who attended Shahrazad back then and I saw this guy has a restaurant this guy has a hotel this guy you know the public because the audience comes and they are responsible too so if you want to be involved because everyone said, how can we help? Great. And I called the restaurant, the guy who owns the restaurant. Hey, you remember the show? Do you remember Mariam? Yeah, yeah. Oh, the hero. Yeah, beautiful lady. Well, yeah, tell me. Well, she's out and she needs a job. Let her come and call me. And she goes there. And now she's the chef at the restaurant. And we go eat there now every week. And for the first time of her life, she calls us last week. And she says, Zena, first time I get a salary. And I was like, you know, I got goosebumps hearing a woman who's 50 saying I got a salary for the first time of my life. And I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, actually. And she said, from this salary, I'm paying for my kids because her kids, they need schooling. They need, I don't know what. Then I'm, I need to invite you for lunch, Zena. And I said, please, it was a pleasure. Let's do it. I mean, these are success stories and there are very sad stories you'd hear. People who die from cancer inside prison because we have no law also when you're like, when you have an illness that is, you know that you're going to die one day. There's nothing like, uh, okay, he can be out because anyway he's going to die. No, no, he'll die inside. So we have followed up on people dying and that was really hard, like... I don't know, bringing them the special food, their medicine, giving them the support. And once they die, getting their, their items from prison, their, their stuff, and giving them to the families. It's, it's like, I don't want to even remember it at times, you know. And we had some employees who worked with us who left the, the NPO back then. They said, we can't deal with this, we stop it here. And I totally understand. I mean, it's not... Uh... But I have a question. In the States, you have something like that? Like if you have cancer, خلص, uh, how do you say, not chronically ill, like in the last palliative, uh, how do you call it? In the uh, end, end of your life. Terminal, terminal illness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Turn, you'd be out or no, they don't care? Um, they don't care. Sometimes they there don't. are exceptions. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. So same, same. Yeah. What's your ideal of working with the incarcerated? Uh, sincerely, I, I still hope that one day we would reach what this Italian guy is doing in the Volterra prison. I mean, I, again, he's not a drama therapist. I wish if he was a drama therapist and we can get the same program he's having. It's a stable theater inside a prison. Every year, every single year, they do produce a play inside the prison. And there is this whole festival in the village because there is the play. So it becomes a whole cultural setting in the whole village with workshops, theater plays, you know, it's a festival, it's a theater festival. And the guys, because they have parole in Italy, they, uh, not just parole, the, how do you say it, when they get out and come back to prison, it's also parole. I forgot the word. So they can, you know, once they are, yeah, with a good conduct, blah, 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 they are allowed to go work, come back to prison, get out, come back to prison, okay? So the guys, they do travel with their play in the whole country, one day in Milan, one day in Rome, one day, you know, and spreading and spreading the message. For me, this is ultimately, if, if there is a program of drama therapy that leads to a performance, to, to really get it out also from the, uh, uh, from the walls of the prison and just, you know, they are like a troop traveling now with their messages all over. That would be a beautiful dream. Here, we cannot dream of it. Where would you like to see drama therapists working with the incarcerated five years from now? Uh, perhaps more networking. I would love one day to invite, to be able to invite you guys to come here. You inviting me there. I mean, we've done this like once for, with someone who has worked in prisons. It was John Bergman who came to Lebanon and he worked with us inside prison. But I mean, to do this, we needed the funding, you know, all this. And this is not something we have the whole time. And I wish that this would happen more like me traveling to Oregon. It was a beautiful experience. I was invited by the, uh, uh, by the organization who's working there. I mean, would love to have this, like each one of us with his own experience, spreading it universally, not just in his own prison. That would be lovely. Thank you. How do you see this work influencing policies beyond prison or for post-prison experiences? Especially in our work, the, the, the parole system was implemented from the drama therapy program as a result. Um, uh, the, the, the law for the protection of women from domestic violence from this drama therapy work. Um, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned, we've worked with um, MDWs, migrant domestic workers in Lebanon. And back then there was a decision in Lebanon saying, uh, no Ethiopian, Sri Lanka, whatever, you know, the women would come and work in Lebanon from Nepal and things, you know, working at your house. They are not allowed to fall in love, not allowed to get married, not allowed to feel love. It was written to feel love. And if they do, and if you know, as a, as a, as a master of the house, you'd need to go to the police and put them there. Otherwise, you'd be imprisoned. Slavery, pure slavery in 2000, blah, blah. So we did the play and also in the scene where they, they've done a beautiful scene out of the drama therapy sessions, talking about this decision. And who was there? The minister, again, the decision makers. You know, if you ask me always how it can do an impact, I would 
really encourage every drama therapist, if he can lead it to a play, and the play includes scenes about the law and invitations of people who can change the law and the lobby for it, that would be the ultimate therapy for the inmate or for the whoever, the beneficiary, the, the, the therapy for the audience, the therapy for the panel coach. Why should prisons have drama therapists working? Prisons are a microcosm of our society. So if you want to know about all the problems of your society, go live in a prison one day. So if you want to solve the problems of your society, it would be great to start in prisons. But I mean, on another note, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do the prisons if he's not, not just passionate, if he's not doing a continuous therapy, if he's not uh, getting good resources elsewhere, if he's not, uh, you know, very aware that this is very tiring and he'd need a break from time to time. You have been listening to the Drama Therapy Collection podcast, part of a series on drama therapy in prisons. You can listen to a new episode every Thursday on all major podcast platforms, or you can watch the video recordings of all interviews on the Drama Therapy Collection YouTube channel.